You probably remember the classic film Anastasia. You know, the cartoon musical with the talking bat? While it certainly wasn't a factual retelling of the life of Anastasia Romanov, they did have certain elements that were undoubtedly true, namely that a young woman named Anna came very close to convincing the world she was the long-lost Grand Duchess Anastasia. Grand Duchess Anastasia Nikolaevna of Russia was Tsar Nicholas II's youngest daughter and a member of the Russian Imperial Romanov family. The family was placed under house arrest during the Bolshevik Revolution, and Anastasia was brutally murdered alongside her family by the secret police in 1918. But Anastasia lived on after death in a very bizarre way. A few years later, a woman named Anna Anderson convinced many people that she was Anastasia and had somehow survived the massacre. Was Anastasia Romanov alive? Some thought it possible because the bodies of the Romanovs vanished without a trace. No one could say for certain what happened to them, even though it was believed they had been killed. Still, perhaps it was possible one or more of them had escaped. Anastasia pretenders became common, and one young woman stood out among the rest in captivated society, Anna Anderson. While many thought her story was just a tall tale, to this day there are still supporters who believe Anna Anderson truly was the last remaining member of the Imperial Romanovs. It started in February 17, 1920. A young woman attempted to take her own life by jumping off a bridge in Berlin, Germany. She somehow survived and was saved by police officers from the Landwehr Canal and transported to a medical facility to receive treatment. Authorities did not know who she was because the woman did not possess any identification. She was promptly admitted to a mental hospital, the Daldorf Asylum. During the first six months of her stay, the woman would not speak. She was covered in odd-looking scars and preferred isolation to the company of others. She stayed at the institution for a couple of years and was given the name Anna Anderson. When Anna eventually did talk, she had a very noticeable accent, which some believed was Russian. Anna's strange and detached behavior drew the attention of another patient at the Daldorf Asylum, Clara Puthert. She thought it possible Anna was actually one of the surviving Romanovs. When Puthert was released from the hospital, she followed up on her suspicions by reaching out to former high-ranking officials from Russia. She told them she believed Anna was actually the Grand Duchess Tatyana, one of the older Romanov children. Puthert further pressed the issue by contacting people and servants who knew the Romanov family and taking them to meet Anna. They looked at Anna and agreed she was the Tsar's daughter. At first, Anna refused to confirm she was a member of the Imperial family. She would hide under her bedding when prodded for answers. She often avoided inquests and refused to satisfy people's curiosity by remaining silent. However, when she was shown photographs of the family, she would later reveal she remembered some of them. Once she was visited by Captain Nicholas von Schwab, who worked for the Dowager Empress, he showed Anna some photographs and she became visibly upset. After he left, Anna reportedly told her nurse, the gentleman has a photo of my grandmother. Several people who knew the Romanovs visited Anna to see for themselves if she was one of the Tsar's children. Anna, meanwhile, did not say one way or the other that she was related to the family. Baroness Sophie Buxhauden was a lady-in-waiting for the Russian Empress, took one look at Anna and acquiesced that there was a Romanov resemblance. However, the Baroness said Anna was much too short to be Tatiana. Anna reportedly countered, I never said I was Tatiana. Nicholas II's sister, the Grand Duchess Olga, also went to see Anna, who many believed was Anastasia, not Tatiana. The Duchess knew instantly that the woman was not family and called her a stranger. For one, Anna's mouth and facial features were different from Anastasia's. 
In addition, she didn't appear to understand Russian, even though there were rumors that she spoke the language when she slumbered. Anna was an attractive young woman, adding credence to her identity. She revealed that she and her sisters hid jewels inside their corsets, making them partially bulletproof. She said she got the knife scars on her body when fleeing the Bolsheviks who tried to kill her with bayonets, which weren't sharp enough to do the job. She somehow survived the massacre and faked her death. Then she claimed that one Bolshevik soldier took pity on her and helped her get out of the country. She traveled to Berlin to find her relatives, but feared no one would recognize her and decided to kill herself by throwing herself off a bridge. In the months leading up to her release from the mental institution, she insisted she was Anastasia. After Anna was released from the hospital, she was surrounded by those who believed her story. One notable person was a man named Gleb Botkin, whose father had been the Romanov family physician before his death. Botkin got to know the Romanovs when he was a child and had intimate knowledge of the family. There were other family members and acquaintances who got to know Anna and became convinced she was who she said she was. They saw the similarities to the Romanovs and were drawn in by the tiny details Anna knew about the Imperial family. An aunt thought Anna resembled Anastasia, and Princess Cecile also believed she was Anastasia. Nicholas II's mistress, a ballerina, thought Anna had the same eyes as the Tsar, and both girls reportedly had nearly identical foot deformities. Anastasia's grandmother, however, never met Anna and never talked publicly about the situation. Still, there were those who believed Anna was lying. She struggled to relate significant milestones in Anna's life. Plus, the young Anastasia was well-schooled in English, French, and Russian, while Anna did not have a good grasp of these languages. Yet Anna's supporters had a way of overlooking these issues. They pointed out that she was mentally ill, as demonstrated by her repeated admissions to the hospital. And that's what caused her gaps in knowledge and information. Many of the people who backed Anna's story were Tsarists. These supporters took care of her and gave her a place to stay while she was under the watchful eye of Soviet counterintelligence and other investigators. They started the process of legally proving she was Anastasia. If Anna was indeed the Tsar's heir, she would inherit whatever fortune the family had amassed outside of Russia. In addition, she would be a symbol for Tsarist exiles who did not want their country to be communist. Prince Nicholas Romanov, 72, who was the Tsar's cousin, said years later, The murder of the Tsar and his family was such a horrible thing. There was the wish among the people that it couldn't be so horribly true. It was also a good tactic for the Bolsheviks because it divided those in exile. At least four women claimed to be Anastasia over the years, while seven men purported to be her brother, Alexei. There were even some who claimed they were the Tsar's other daughters, Olga, Tatyana, and Maria. A woman named Nadezhda Yovanovna Vasilyeva was in prison in Kazan, Russia in the 1930s when she wrote a letter to King George V claiming to be his cousin Anastasia and asked for his aid. A woman named Eugenia Smith, Autobiography of H.I.H. Anastasia Nikolaevna of Russia. In the 1960s, Life magazine featured her story with many experts contradicting her claims that she was Anastasia. Anastasia's uncle, the Grand Duke of Hesse, was not convinced that Anna was Anastasia and did everything he could to prove it. With the help of a private investigator, he discovered that Anna was actually a woman named Francesca Szynsowska. Francesca, a Polish-German woman from Pomerania who worked in a factory before vanishing in 1920. Francesca was known to have mental health problems and was scarred during a factory explosion in 1916. German newspapers published articles about the findings, and a man named Felix Szynsowska said that Anna was his sister. 
1964, a German physician scrutinized images of both Anna and Anastasia and came to the conclusion that they were the same person. A handwriting expert said that the pair's handwriting was indistinguishable. Four years later, Anna married J.E. Manahan, a history professor from the United States. She moved to America, but in 1970 lost her lawsuit to prove her identity. Any remaining funds belonging to the Romanovs was transferred to the Duchess of Mecklenburg. Anna and her husband lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, and were considered quirky people who lived in squalor. One visitor described their home. The stench of half-empty dog bowls, open tins of food, and dried-up dog dirt is enough to make you vomit. Another said their bed was surrounded by trash. Anna died in 1984 from pneumonia, shortly after she was forcibly sent to a mental health facility. Her husband, who never stopped believing Anna's story, broke her out of the institution. They were chased and held at gunpoint until they gave up. Anna passed away two months later. Russian investigators unearthed what they believe was the site of the Romanov's final resting place in 1991. The remains were exhumed and examined by experts. When they looked at the skulls, they did not find one that matched Anastasia. However, they sought help from scientists in Britain to determine if DNA could offer some proof. The experts determined the remains belonged to five females and four males. Two were a mother and a father, three were daughters, the other four were thought to be servants. Using DNA from Prince Philip, a maternal relative, the scientists were able to prove that the remains belonged to the Romanovs. Scientists also declared that Nicholas II was among the dead. Who was missing? One daughter, perhaps Anastasia, and their son, Alexei. In 1994, a German team of scientists took a tiny sample of Anna's blood obtained from her intestine to compare it with the DNA found at the site of the Romanovs' remains. They determined that it was impossible for Anna to have been related to the Imperial family. Researcher Maurice Philippe Remy explained, Perhaps anticipating science, Anderson requested that she be cremated before her death. Since the genetic secrets of her body could not be derived from ashes, it seemed as if the mystery would never be solved. But at last, we can say that this woman, who was supported by champions throughout her life, was not Anastasia. That same year, Russian officials declared that Anastasia had indeed died in 1918 along with her family, and that her remains were with the bones that were discovered in 1991. There are people who still support claims that Anna Anderson was Anastasia Romanov. For example, they point to evidence supplied by forensic expert Maurice Futmer, in which Anna and Anastasia had nearly identical right ears, specifically 17 anatomical points and tissue formations, five more than the dozen points normally accepted by West German courts to establish a person's identity. While science has had its say on the matter, it looks like there will always be people willing to believe in the story of the lost and found Grand Duchess Anastasia.